0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is The Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 113. Coming at you from the Miniature Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin, I'm host producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me via the Skype room, we've got a member of the Highway 22 crew, Sean Klassman. Sean, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Fantastic. Just us this week as Shauna is preparing for your fiancé's bachelorette party.
2: Yep.
0: So no Secretary Shauna tonight. And with that, we got to go through just a couple things here, as we always do, Shauna, as I'm sure you're aware. Uh, got to talk about our great friends over at Rage and Pro Wrestling. RPW Extravaganza 2 was over the weekend. And Rich, the owner of RPW, was kind enough to give us a recap of the event for those of you that could not make it. And the matches, as always, will eventually be on YouTube. They typically release about one a week. So, starting with the RPW Cruiserweight Championship match, which was sponsored by ourselves here at the Root for Wisconsin show, that was Damian Chambers becoming the new RPW Cruiserweight Champion after outlasting Preston Palmer, Kyle Pro, and the Marman. Also in action, Shane Hills defeated Johnny CK. Country Air, defeating NDS. Did we show?
1: them? Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I feel like the name's familiar, but maybe not.
0: Also, in the RPW Tag Team Championship match, the Heroes of Our Time defeated Jordan Cross and Salem Crane, who was a substitute for Ryan Cross, and became new RPW Tag Team Champions, Heroes of Our Time. Rohit Raju defeated Silas Young in a, on Saturday night. Also in a mixed tag team match, Missa Kate, the RPW Glamour champion, and also current NWA Women's Champion, or tag team champion, I should say. And Joe Alonzo defeated Vic Capari and Ethan Matthews. Madman Fulton defeated Karam. In the RPW Women's Championship match, Heather Reckless retained her title against Brooke Tanner. And in the RPW Heavyweight Championship match, Jake Something defeats Xavier Walker to become the new RPW Heavyweight Champion. Awesome. So, stacked card. It's a shame that we had to miss it, but it is what it is. Right. And building up towards the next couple shows here, we'll have RPW Envision, I believe is the name of it, coming up in June. That'll be an all-women's event. That is at the Wild River Pizza Pub in Shiocton. So get your tickets. Tickets are still available for that. $20 at the door for meet and greets as well. So get your meet and greets. Get your tickets available as well. Stacked card there. Also, announced over the weekend, Sean, was a main event for this fall, which would be RPW Destiny 3, At Big Apple Pub in Matswalk, and that being the first ever female Impact World Champion, not just the women's champion, the first ever Impact World Champion as a woman, daughter of Tully Blanchard, Tessa Blanchard, and she'll be going head to head with Kiara Hogan of APW or AEW, excuse me. So stars come out for RPW Destiny Three, Kira Hogan, Tessa Blanchard, November fourth, the Big Apple, and Manitowoc. Get your tickets for that. Also, tickets available for all RPW events. The event also in August, Heat Wave three, coming up as well. That'll be August twenty-sixth at the Watering Hole. So tickets, like I said, available for that as well. Whether that be on the RPW website, look sharp or at the venue for each of those events. So be sure to check them out as well. Also got to talk about our awesome partner, raise energy repsports.com. Good 15% off any order at repsports.com using code ROOT4, root for R O O T number four, 15% off any order. And that gets us into the episode, Sean, starting off with what we had rooted for that is brought to you by fanatics over 300 plus powered stores. Whether your team's on top of the world, or in the middle of the rebuild, show your love for your team with Fanatics. And for the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs, be a 2023 playoffs fanatic. As you saw, Shauna and myself on wearing our Bucks gear last week prior to their elimination. That didn't work. It, it did not, but we were still rooting for them, as we always do. So, Sean, with that in mind,
1: the last week, what have you rooted for? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the draft we had rooted for. And I could say it, was, it went all right. Not exactly what we had thought it was going to be, but it could have been definitely worse.
0: We will have a lot to talk about on this draft. I think there's a few different angles to look at with it. Mm-hmm. So plenty on that coming up.
1: Wish also, Justin and Ramsey to have their take on everything. So. Oh.
0: Well, I'm sure we'll touch on that as well because I can tell you and our listeners in advance, the group chat Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was popping. So it's it's a shame that they had to miss out on that. So we'll talk more about that a little bit later in the episode. Uh, I believe I had that for my root 4 as well in our last episode, but... Also, just again, talking about our great sports teams that we have here in Wisconsin, really a little bit something for everybody. Uh, Brewers underway had a great weekend series. A shame that we couldn't get to AmFan this weekend with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in Milwaukee for their series against the Brewers. Have to wait two years, may not see Shohei with the Angels at that time. Um, He hit a towering home run. Sunday and the angels win over the Brewers. Uh, Also Mike Trout had two home runs on Saturday and a loss for the angels win for the Brewers. So always that's one of the cool things about baseball is you can always see the, the talents. I mean, they do, they did a pretty good job rotating through uh, teams, you know, every two, three years the way it was, but now with the new uh, CBA, each team's going to, you're going to play each team at least once a season and you're going to basically go home and home. So next year, the Angels will not be at AmFam, but in two years, they would be. So kind of a rotating basis on that. But always get a chance to see the superstars of the game in your ballpark right. every other, you know, every couple of years. So always really cool to see that. So that is my route for with the positives do come the negative. Sean, and I'll let you kick this one off as well. What is your noogie of the Tyler Hero noogie of the week?
1: Did we talk about the Bucks on it, or was that after we were? That was after we
0: they had lost in on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, so we can go to the Bucks. Just because
0: yeah. it was a struggle. Yeah, we it was a very struggle. I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit more. Um, I am not the biggest Buck fan of our group, of our show group. Right. But the amount of pissed off that I was Thursday morning. <laughs> I woke up, and this had was nothing to do with the game, but I woke up at, like, 5 in the morning, Thursday morning. I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't go back to sleep, is what I should say. And I woke up, and Sean was like, what are you doing awake? I said, 3 of 19! Just, I was so mad. I'm like, I don't even care that much, but I'm mad. Right. It just... Uh,
1: and then, what was who was the other team that got... Oh, well, you can go Memphis, too.
0: I am not going to give a nugget to Memphis. Well, if I was going to give a nugget to Memphis, I would give it to them for... Uh, Dylan
1: Brooks.
0: For Dylan Brooks, just in general. But I took great enjoyment out of them losing. I figured you did. This isn't a secret. I'm a big LeBron fan. I'm not going to hide that. <laughs> um, I have two nuggies as well this week. First, I have to give a noogie to MLB umpiring. And I am...
1: Is this because of
0: the Brewer game? It is. And you know it's bad. Willie Adamas in his career had never been thrown out of a game prior to Saturday night. And I know, so for those of you that don't know, Willie had shirped at the umpire on a a very questionable call in his prior bat. On a 1-0 count, he tried calling time, which does not have to be granted technically. Right. So, the umpire did not call time, uh, or did not allow the timeout, and then after that, the pitch comes in. It is a blatant ball. If you look at the, the pitch track, blatant ball, it's probably, you know, four or five inches above the strike zone, which, about as crystal clear as you can, mm-hmm. the umpire decides to call it a strike, which... In and of itself is ridiculous. I think because Willie stepped out, he's just he was gonna call it a strike as long as it was close. Right. Which it still really wasn't, but that's neither here nor there. Um Willy starts asking, you know, arguing with the ump a little bit about trying to call time. And even though he's in the box, the umpire calls the time clock violation, even though there was time on the the clock as well. So I really haven't figured that one out either. So he calls a timeout there. So then it's, it's a one-two count where he's only really technically seen one pitch, right? Um, or I, technically two, I suppose. But it it might as well have been one. So he's got two strikes on him before the at bat really even gets underway. Craig Council says some words that I'm not going to repeat. Um, I love watching Craig Council argue on players. That vein in his neck just gets all sorts of <laughs> it. Just gets all sorts of work. Little guy gets angry. He does. So he had some stuff to say uh, to, I believe the guy's name was Ed Beck. Sure. And then on the next, or I believe a pitch later, Willie struck out on another outside pitch. And you know he was looking to toss Adam Beck. Sorry, I didn't want to. But you know Adam Beck was looking to toss Willie the second he said anything. He was just, he was waiting for it. And I don't have an, I don't, I'm not one to to bash many umpires and stuff anymore. I know I used to be, but when it's this egregious where again, you're looking to toss a guy, especially one that for the most, for literally his whole career has kept himself in a cool position, right? It's just, I think that's egregious and where you lose me becomes the ump show. And I know the old cliche, no one comes to watch the umpires, but it's, it's true. You shouldn't know an umpire's name in right. a single game. Right. I mean, we know, we know Angel Hernandez because he's awful. Right. We know CB Buckner because he's not great. And the other we guy. Know, the old we, guy. We knew Joe West for forever yeah. because, I mean, he he was a personality in and of himself. He had some bad moments. Um, I don't, I think I sent it to you on TikTok, Sean, was the, uh. The AJ Przinski spring training.
1: Yep. No, it as, wasn't spring training. It was it was a season regular season game. Oh, I thought he was said it was spring training, but also no, it was regular season. That's even know? better. So.
0: And then, also, I saw. I think I had sent it to you on um, TikTok as well. the The old highlights when Angel Hernandez and Joe West were on the same crew, mm-hmm. and Mark Burley just went off on them. And then just to really compound it, you'd Ozzy Gian losing his ever loving mind. Um, so that's my first noogie. My second noogie, Sean. Walmart.
1: And this, this is this, a this very is sponsor. So you're 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 giving Noogie to a sponsor.
0: Potential sponsor, yeah. I <laughs> I am I guess maybe not Walmart specifically, just how far things have gone downhill since we were kids. And that sounds like, you know, the stereotypical old man shaking his fist at a cloud. Right. So I I say this and I preface this with, so over the weekend, Sean and I had gone to uh, Minnesota to visit her nephews uh, who are four and a half and two uh, as we'd missed Mason's birthday over uh, the previous weekend. So we went out there and,
1: and we were, you know, looking for stuff. You know, how hard it is to shop for a two year old. Not that hard. I mean, it's not. I'm a I'm a, a two year old in a man's body, so it's not that hard. <laughs> That's, fair enough. Um,
0: but so we're we're looking through, and we were trying to get him some like, cause he lot you know he's two years old. He likes you know baths, you know bath time and stuff like that. Um, so we were looking to get like bubble bath, right? We went to Walmart and Target, and they don't make bubble bath anymore for kids.
2: Why can't you
1: get adult ones?
2: They don't make that. I
0: mean, you can get bath bombs. Same thing. Not really. We're looking for bubbles, not not bath bombs. But like, even the selection. Like, do you? I remember growing up, and this is you know what twenty years ago. But in the case, course of twenty years, they don't even make like, like kids' body wash and stuff anymore. It's just sure. like, what, what the heck's going on? Maybe we went to the wrong Walmart. We went to the nicest Walmart there was and Target.
1: Well, that's that's where you you went wrong because it was too nice. Maybe, but... That's what it is. But it was just, I'm just
0: like, you know, looking around, and it's like, what the heck? Then we went to, like, the toy aisle, and the toys these days suck. Some of them do. They, they just don't do anything. And the concepts yes. of these things are all stupid.
1: So you can... Why don't you just get him a book?
0: We did. We actually... Um, we had gotten him a Brewer's ABC book. Nice. Um, What else did we get him? He ended up getting some... A couple bath bomb slash like bubble wand things. It was they were at Walmart. They were like four bucks each. They were really cool. Um they're like donut shaped. And then as soon as it hits the water it makes bubbles too. Um uh, like you can blow bubbles, not like a like we a got, bubble
1: bath. Uh a bubble tractor for one of our one of our friends' kids to turn to. That was really cool.
0: And then was, what else did we get him? We got him the bath of Oh we got him, like, five of those big, you know, like when you go to Walmart and they've got, like, the big, like, bin of, of like, playground balls or whatever. Yeah. Um, we got him five of those because they were $2.50. They were on sale. So, we had a cartload of those the other day, too. We had was
1: a cartload just, of balls. It's okay.
0: Yeah. Um. So, all in all, a good weekend. But, yeah, just really disappointing. Again, like I said, just no more bubble bath. Poor kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my nuggies. Those are your nuggies. Uh, with that, we move on. Um, no draft this week. Once again, just you know, it's kind of hard. It's very overwhelming when you have the NFL draft, mm. and you're on both sides of that. So we do skip the draft again this week, with our trivia mentor not being here. Uh, no trivia this week either. We do have a Wisconsin Web Story of the Week for the week, and I thought this would get a good discussion, Sean. Uh oh. So, a writer, um, is coming out of Green Bay, Eric Fisher. I wish. Um, what is her name? Danielle Gay is writing a book that's going to be re- that was released in March, uh, documenting 100. Things to do in Wisconsin before you die. And actually tonight as we record, she was actually at uh, Heritage Hill State Park uh, doing a book signing. She's known as the Traveling Cheesehead. She is the author of several books and websites and host of a TV show. Her latest book is a guide to the must-see, must-taste, and must-do activities with suggestions and ideas for the whole family. Whether you've lived here for your whole life or you're a first-time visitor, Um, Some of the hundred things do include sleeping on a sub at the Wisconsin Maritime Museum. I believe that's in Door County in Sturgeon Bay. Uh, Go spelunking at the Cave of the Mounds. Discover Dr. Evermore's Forevertron. I don't really know what that is, but I'm curious. Um, Eat under the goats at Al Johnson's. I believe that's that's up in Door County. With yeah. the goats on the roof with the grass yep. roof. Yep. Um learn the history of sassafras drinks at the Museum of Root Beer. Go hog wild.
2: Where, where was the root beer?
0: Was that the Dells? I assume so. Oh, yeah. That we sounds went- like a very that sounds like a very Wisconsin Dells type thing.
1: Yeah, I went there. How was I- it? It was awesome actually. It was really it was a lot cooler than I thought it was gonna be. They had yes. everything they had old, like, root beer commercials from, like, the 50s and 60s all the way up to now. I mean, it was just cool, and they had all the old memorabilia. Nice.
0: So what I'm is sure. your favorite brand of root beer, Sean? No free ads, but... Ooh, Barks.
1: That's really? The best. Yeah. Really? Yep, that's my favorite.
0: That is shocking. Why? I just... I've, I don't, I think you're the first person I've ever heard in my entire life say that Barks Root Beer Yep, it's their favorite.
1: I think Arby's has it, has it on their fountain machine, and yeah, I get it every time.
0: Hmm, I'll be darned. Wait,
1: why? What's your favorite? Um, you like your favorite? I'm very particular. Sprecker
0: in Baumeister. But if I had to pick one of the, the like canned ones, uh, probably A and W. Of course you'd go in. Because you're normal. Be. You're normal. Yeah, I suppose, but... You don't, don't go out of your comfort zone. It's okay. Barks is literally av- available at, like, most fast food joints. Like, that's normal. It's a Coke product. So
1: is A&W.
2: And, I mean, I
1: guess, but
0: <laughs> it's, it's not Barks. As long as you didn't say dad. Dad's root beer is awful.
1: The only A&W you can get me to drink is right out of the tap at going to the restaurant.
2: I'm okay. But I'll accept that. Root beer. I'll
0: accept that. I'm trying to... So, with that, Sean, I wanted to ask if you had to, you know, um, talk about some of the, the must-do things in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, oh, also go hog wild at the Harley Davidson museum was another one. Um, Mm -hmm. what types of things would Sean have on his, and obviously we're not going to do a hundred of them, but what kind of things would Sean have on the must list of do in Wisconsin?
1: Uh, sure. I have no idea. Um, some one of my favorite things is I like to go to Iola, the car show. Yep. That's a good one. That, that'd be a good one. Well of course you gotta throw Lambo in there, but that's probably normal for everybody. Um what was what was some other cool things that we've I think some going water on a waterfall tour? Like going I think it's in Crivets, I'm pretty sure. Okay. A nice really nice one. And then of course down by the Dells and going down to the Dells and over there. There's a lot of them there. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty much what I got.
0: Yeah, I would just kind of in general. Um, I'd say you have to go to a supper club. Wow. Oh. Get a fish fry at a supper club. I think that's a very it's a very easy one to do. First
1: thing, um, at a supper club.
0: Right. Yep. That's a good one too. I would add. I do agree with you on uh, Lambo. I think Summerfest is one of those or just a music festival in Wisconsin. Sure. Um
1: I'd rather go to either Cadot or um what's the other one? What's the other one way up in up north? Oh, Hodeg. Yeah, Hodeg. I think those those are more of the ones that I'd rather go to than Summerfest.
2: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you.
0: Um let's see. They have you had said one that I can't... I think Wisconsin Dells is as much of a tourist trap as it is. You yeah. should go there once in your life. Just, you know, because...
1: Door right. um, um, County. Yep, Door County. Manaqua too. So, is Michigan. Minacqua is not oh, Michigan. Not, oh, never mind. Never mind. I'm thinking Munising. That's my bad. <laughs> um, I gotta throw it out there
0: for my work. I think Kohler... Is one of those, you know, the Design Center is really cool. For what? <laughs> they got just the different concepts of stuff there, Sean. It's it's incredible. Yep. Um, I
1: with, would agree with you.
0: The ILO Car Show profit. or Road America.
1: I think local local dirt track would be better than the big ones, but that's my own opinion. Jesus.
0: Sean Sh- is yelling from the living room. What? Oh, Shauna's suggesting uh the Malibu of the Midwest, which would be Sheboygan, Wisconsin
1: <laughs> sure you only got to go there once.
0: <laughs> I am not saying a word because some of her family listens to this. <laughs> he said that you only have to go there once. <sighs> Shauna has entered the
2: room and is immediately leaving. Just um,
0: like boy again. What did he say? <laughs> I'm not repeating what he said. <laughs> um, going through a uh, different list here through the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, they talk about going to Manitoush Waters, to Little Bohemia, the lodge of the, the John Dillinger shootout.
1: Yep, I went there too. That one's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Al Capone's got a hideout up there too. He does. So cool. But yeah, just some of those things. Oh. I the train tour in Leona. Yep, that's a but that's they, a good one. I, I seen I seen that that they're opening up this year. So they
0: are. So that's really cool. Might, might
1: have to do that this year.
0: Um. Shout out to Megan. Learn about America's deadliest forest fire at the Peshtigo Fire Museum. Um, yes. Yeah. Which I don't know why that popped in my brain this week, but I I learned about that this or I had thought about that this week about how compared because it's the same time as the Chicago Fire, mm-hmm. but a lot more deadly and a lot more destruction, and that's incredible to me. Just when you really think about it, that little Peshtigo,
2: Wisconsin.
1: Yep. I'm trying to
0: think, what else kind of kind of close qualify? List. Yeah. Um, I'd say any cheese factory. I'm particular. Springside. Um, get some good custard, whether it be you know a, a, you know any Culvers or if you're down in the Milwaukee area, Cops is really good.
1: Timber Leo. And Abrams, Kiwani Costard.
0: Yeah, just kind of looking through here. I really think uh, that's really about the extent of what I've got, just kind of off the top of my head. Um, oh, Bay Beach, the Zip and Pip and Elvis' favorite roller coaster. Yep. That's always an interesting one. <laughs> Sean, you're not going to believe this. So I'm going through this Journal Sentinel article. Tally the wall of toilets and tubs at the Kohler Design Center.
1: That's just disappointing.
0: <laughs> uh, the circus museum's also in Wisconsin, um, in Baraboo. So if you're a circus person, go check that out. Really, Wisconsin? the The National Mustard Museum. If you like mustard, House on the Rock. Yep. Anything Frank Lloyd Wright down there? Um, you know, sports-wise. Honestly, I think Wisconsin sports, and I know that we're biased because we're fans and whatnot, but really, I think just about every venue you go to for Wisconsin sports is near the top. I mean, maybe not AmFam with baseball, Mm -hmm. but the tailgating makes that alone—you know—it's its own thing. But really, if you really think about I mean you look at the history of Wisconsin sports, Lambeau Field is the icon, the creme de la creme of the NFL. You look at Camp Randall jump around the, the just the history of of the building and it, it's a totally unique experience and Madison itself is a totally even the teams are aren't terrible. Or at least for our standards, you know, like this last year for the basketball team and the football team for that matter. Even when the teams aren't at their best, it is a totally one-of-a-kind experience that you don't get anywhere else in the country. If you want a true breakdown of I if after you're done listening to our show, go to YouTube and type in Scott Van Pelt talking about Madison, Wisconsin and why it's the greatest college town in the country. And no matter what rankings you look at, it's it's in the top ten. It's right up there with Tuscaloosa and Knoxville and and uh, a number of those too. But there's something about Madison, Wisconsin on on a college football Saturday that is just iconic. It's it's like nothing else. The student section cheers, jump around. Um, you know, you've got a whole new culture being breathed in this year with Luke Fickle coming in and Phil Longo and their air raid offense, just everything with that. But it's just, I really don't have words for it. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Madison, you've got to check out Mickey's dairy barn and it's right across from Gamp Randall. Again, just one of those. I, again, it's just iconic is really the only fair word. Am Fam, you know you're gonna see a game no matter what. That's always one of the benefits. I'm surprised more baseball stadiums aren't doing that. Um, For how cutting edge it really was, 22 years ago when they built it and opened up in 2001. Uh, The teams and all of our teams, for the most part, our teams are always really. I mean, you look at even the most disappointing years for the, you know, in the two of the most disappointing years of the Badgers for football, basketball. They've made another bowl game for football, which I think is they're on 20 some odd years of, if not more than that, of bowl appearances consecutive. Um, They did miss the NCAA tournament this year for only the second time in 25, 30 years, something like that as well. And you look at. You know, the the women's national championship for volleyball and hockey every couple of years and just a special city for sports. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, a disappointing loss. First round exit this year, but kind of at the, you know, the head of the NBA at all times. Green Packers, again, Lambeau Field, even when the team is awful, will always be sold out. It's capacity crowds, whether they're one in 16 or 16 and one doesn't matter. People are always going to be having a party on Sunday, filling up Lambeau field. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredible.
2: It's amazing how
1: much, how much stuff there is to actually do in the state that a lot of people don't know about. It really is. You can say everything about all the, all the sports teams, all this, but all the extra stuff that nobody even knows about. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, there's, there's something for everybody everywhere you go. Right. I mean, even here in green Bay, if you just look around green Bay, you've got the Neville museum, which has, I think this summer is going to have the van Gogh exhibit. It's been traveling around the world. Um, it's it's green bay has the national train museum there's great golf there's lpga tournament golf courses here at thornberry um you know that's again that's sports type thing but again it's just one of those different things that again, yeah but it's the place everybody
1: here you can go and golf for right a price. right absolutely
0: um you know you mentioned the waterfall tours you mentioned i mean how many cities around here are like bird watching cities and and in green bay you've got bay beach which is a very affordable summer destination for you know amusement parks and you've got the wildlife sanctuary which is free it's a you know it's a rehab facility for for animals but it's it, it's not quite a zoo that's a not the right word for it but it's kind of got that function where you can watch walk the trails and see all the animals
1: and then you got the new zoo
0: you've got the new zoo as well um i know it's kind of got a negative connotation to it given given the events of kind of falling off from tiger king and whatnot. You know, zoos aren't the most popular thing, but there's plenty of great zoos in the state of Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Madison has the Henry Vilas Zoo. Menomonee has got a great one too. Um, so plenty of.
1: Dells has a great one too.
0: Do they?
2: Mm-hmm. So plenty of stuff that way. Um,
0: I'm just. You know, going through, if you're an outdoors person, the hunting and fishing, the the four-wheeler trails, the snowmobile trails in the winter, if it snows during the season and not in May.
2: <laughs> Which,
0: yeah. we got to talk about that as well. May 1st, two inches of snow in Green Bay, Sean. Yep, we had two and a half. Just ridiculous. I learned over the weekend, though, that uh, the National Weather Service declare so this is still technically counted under the 2022 2023 snowfall until July 1st okay i that's that's not that's about the extent of that story but i learned that this weekend because western areas of the country um in like the mountains up in yellowstone and whatnot can get snow really through that part so July 1st July 2nd it becomes the 2023 2024 snowfall totals so what was there in, total? did you did you catch that or no i did not No, this was because i was just talking about it uh um, one
1: job one job
0: it's in minnesota i was learning about minnesota
1: well it's not root for minnesota it's root for wisconsin
0: touche <laughs> <laughs> touche um but no i did not catch a snowfall total i don't we won't have it technically till july sean because it can snow again Jeez, Gotta hope it doesn't.
1: I, I sure hope not.
0: I I hope not either. That's a puts a real damper on on life. Mm-hmm.
1: We, were mean, d- we, we were golfing. We were golfing the last year at this point.
0: Yeah. It's just a damper. This was the second weekend of turkey hunting, and it's still snowing. Right. I felt so bad. I got home. Um. I was running some errands my lunch break at work yesterday, Sean, and I came home and there was a Robin sitting by the pond in our apartment complex. That poor bastard was probably so confused as to what the hell's going on and why am I here? And it's May. It's not supposed right. to be snowing. Right. But yeah, yeah, just I mean truly a little something for everybody here in Wisconsin. Um uh, Wisconsin tourism board hit us up, you know, ships. So with that, uh, we can kind of go through the world of sports. We can start with the Milwaukee bucks because their season is over. Um, a lot sooner than most of us expected. I know we were sitting here talking, you know, two weeks ago about how this first round matchup really shouldn't be dangerous. And it was, you know, I don't know if the if the players kind of overlooked it or if the Giannis injury was really just that impactful for those two-and-a-half games that he had missed. I mean, they did win game two at home, but really just across the board, I mean, you look at that series and there's so many frustrations you can point to. Um, you're starting first and foremost with blowing two fourth-quarter leads by double digits of uh, game five was a 14 point lead game six or no game four was a 14 point lead. Game five was the 16 point lead and you lose that series. The bucks shot three of 19 in the fourth quarter in game five in an elimination game at home. I just, I can't comprehend professional basketball players shooting three of 19 for a quarter.
1: Right. It's it just shouldn't happen,
0: and I know you know the defense. The Heat defense was incredible. Jimmy Butler had an all time series. I'm not going to take away from he had 50 some odd points in game four. He chipped another 43, I think, in game five to eliminate the Bucks. But Ooh. really, just kind of showing up in an elimination game as a superstar should not. You know, and Giannis had a good game. I mean, the free throw shooting wasn't there, but
1: but it never is,
0: right? I mean, aside from the the finals in twenty twenty one, um, he was 10-23 from the line in game in game five, but that's to be kind of to be expected. It's unfortunate. I I can't really wrap my head around a professional basketball player shooting less than fifty percent, but whatever, I'm not going to get too, too hung up on that in the grand scheme of things. When, when it's guys like Chris Middleton, not stepping up or drew holiday, not stepping up or, you know, only getting so much out of your bench guys. And they're not, you know, you're not getting like the five to 10 points a game you need from like a West Matthews. Well, West Matthews actually shouldn't even throw him under the bus. He was incredible in the series defensively and scoring when needed, but Mike and You know, I do want to preface this. I do, you know, as we've come to learn that his brother had passed away, I believe, before game four. So, you know, very heavy heart, I'm assuming. But you've kind of got to put yourself in one or two shoes. Either you have to be all in and kind of shut that out for the time being, or you've got to step away. And if you're going to be distracted by it, you've kind of got to step away. And that's I think what's really telling on that is you lose a coach like Darvin Ham, who's now coaching the Lakers. And wasn't necessarily there to step in if needed if Budenholzer really wasn't mentally there. Because you have some inexcusable gas. You have you go trade for a guy like Jay Crowder and you don't use him in games four or five.
1: Right. I mean absolutely didn't,
0: didn't play at all. You go, you know, you have really kind of pointing out, you know, game game five as you're blowing a sixteen point lead, you're not Calling a timeout in the fourth quarter as the Heat go on a huge run at any point. And then the kicker to end regulation, Jimmy Butler. I mean, he pushed off, but that's neither here nor there. Jimmy Butler pushes off, gets the bucket to go with 2.1 to go, is when the play started. Basket made with 0.5. Doesn't get it, doesn't call a timeout with 0.5 on the clock, which would have been. Um, you know, it would have advanced the ball and maybe you get something at the basket, just like the, the heat did, you know, tip in type situation. And then at the end of OT, which was really bad, you've got two timeouts left and I think they get the ball back with 13 seconds. And at one point with six seconds to go, Giannis was on the ground. Chris Middleton was being double teamed. Grace now and had the ball. You have two timeouts. You don't, call something up or call time out to draw something up just again inexcusable if you ask me
1: right Right. exactly and
0: again i i do feel awful that his brother had passed away and that had any you know thing with it that's unfortunate but again you're you know you kind of look at you're a professional you've either got to be in the moment or not be there
1: right but the players should sort have of stepped up too. I mean, you can't you can't blame it all on the coaching, but of course yeah. he's gonna get it.
0: And and un- unfortunately, I I think there's a strong possibility that he could lose his job over this.
1: Uh, probably, but who are you gonna replace him with then?
0: Um, there's a couple names. Nick Nurse comes to mind
1: from Toronto.
0: Yeah, right. he he had just gotten let go. So he's one that comes to mind because really Mike Boonholzer is a great regular season coach, but just like in Atlanta, he really couldn't get over the hump and, you know, say what you will about that run. He was going against LeBron every year. And it seemed like every year the Hawks were going against the Cavs or the heat Ray in the Ray. first, second round. But at some point, the me- just like we saw with Mike McCarthy, the message gets stale. You know, you, you have more talent on the floor with, Brooke, Giannis, um, Middleton, Holiday, Bobby. You have more talent on the floor really at any given point in most season, in most regular season games. And Miami just always has, you know, the last, what, three, four years has had their number in the playoffs.
1: they had their number during the regular season too, haven't they?
0: I The numbers would probably agree. I, I don't have the numbers on that, but – they would have their number in the playoffs, at the very least. And, and I feel, Eric is like, a hell of a coach.
1: Right. I, mean, I feel like I feel like the Heat were injured a lot during the year too, so they're probably just hitting their stride right now. Sure, and just they they're just hot right now.
0: That very well could be the case too, and there's something to be said about playing with momentum. And they they did have to win a do or die game to sneak into that eighth seed after losing. Um, I believe they were the loser of the initial seven, eight matchup. If mm. if I'm not mistaken. They had to fight their way in and win the winner of, or beat the winner of the nine, 10 game. So back was against the wall for them. They had a huge elimination game and they came in guns blazing in Milwaukee and took care of business, took two games in Milwaukee.
1: Right. And we yeah. couldn't we couldn't sneak a game out of Miami, so Right. So all in all, Buck season over.
0: Um I'm I'm very curious on what the Bucks front office is going to do this off season. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure to make a splash move in some capacity and that likely fair or unfair involves probably dealing Middleton. And Middleton I don't...
1: Middleton Holiday, I would say.
0: Possibly and, you know, depending on yeah. who you're looking at. Um, one very popular rumor, as it has been the last couple off-seasons and trade deadlines, is bring in Damian Lillard. I don't know if that fixes your issues as a program. But it's a it's an interesting appeal for sure. Right. You have, you know, if you had them both on the same team and, and looking at, you know, Giannis and and Damian Lillard and kind of build around there
1: and figure it out. Or do you trade? Yeah. And just go full rebuild.
0: I don't foresee them trading Giannis anytime soon. Um, I think what he does for the city of Milwaukee is a lot. Right. And I did want to ask you, Sean. I'm not sure if you'd seen the clip or not. I think you had, because I think we talked about it last weekend. Um, the clip after Eric Name had asked him about the season being a failure, which I would love to get Ramsey's take on, because I know Ramsey very much has the championship or bust every year. If you don't win a championship, you're, you have a failing season. But I'm, I'm curious what you had, you know, on Giannis's thoughts about that, about how, and really kind of citing Jordan is he won six out of 15 years. So did he have nine seasons being a failure?
1: Right. right. I, I really liked the way that he said everything because it made. How did I want to say it? it made him look good as a person? And it made the kids that like him just grow like he has. I mean, he, he was in Milwaukee at what, 17 and was the main guy.
0: Um, I want to say 18 18.
1: or 19, but yeah, but he was just a scrawny kid that nobody thought we were going to get hardly anything from and look what he's turned into. And it's just everything that he does for Milwaukee, everything he does for that team for everything even the state of wisconsin i would even say mm-hmm. just everything was really great the way that he's he put it he put his whole comment he could have been brash and walked away from the whole thing and said yeah it's a failure it's this it's that but he wasn't he handled it the, the right way i think and
0: i would largely agree i do I do want to say, I, I do think when, you know, you are the best team in the regular season and you get ousted in the first round to a team that's kind of had your number. I de- Failure's not the right word, and that's why I think he did handle it very well. Um, It's definitely disappointing,
1: right. you know, for the fans, we're, for the players. We're Wisconsin sports fans, so we're used to being disappointed.
0: In heartbreaking fashion, no, no right. less,
1: but... um.
0: Yeah, definitely, I think he he handled it very well because you could just see the emotion in that moment as he's processing everything, the season just coming to an end. And, you know, he was hurt for really two and a half of those games. So on top of it, he couldn't even, you know, be out there. Yes, they lose game four with him coming back and game five with him being fully back. But for games one, you know, the end of game one, all of game two, which ended up being a win and game three, that first game in Miami on the road. He's not there to have any impact on it either. And I think that's, that's a very, you know, emotional part of it too. Um, I know a lot of people kind of dragged Eric name from the athletic on that. And I, I do want to say Eric name, you can tell when I put this in the to perspective, Eric name if, for all of the kind of the great Giannis quotes we've gotten over the years, the really, cause Giannis is very insightful
1: mm-hmm.
0: and very well-spoken, which I mean, in and of itself for this probably being, you know, his second, third language, very, very insightful, very, very well-spoken as you had pointed out. Um, a lot of Eric name quotes and Giannis's best quotes become from Eric name. So you have a, a journalist who kind of knows what questions to ask to elicit a response? And yeah, you know, he has that frustration and that immediate moment of of kind of calling it a bad question and and showing some emotion with that. But I, I don't fault Eric Name in that capacity at all. I think it was a very good question. I think it's a fair question given the you know the the moment.
1: He he knew he was going to get a question like that, so you have to expect that. I mean, right. that's.
0: Given the circumstances, that's something you have to expect. And it's, it's, I guess it sucks. I, you know, that's the only word I can say. It sucks. You know, I'm sure it sucks for him. It sucks for the rest of the team. It's, it's unfortunate that you're even in that position to answer that question. But you also have to know, as a perennial MVP candidate, as, you know, the face of your franchise, you're, you're going to have to get that question.
1: Right given
0: the circumstance. So uh, hats off to all involved in that capacity.
1: Um, I mean, he, he could have just walked and not, not even took media questions. I mean, anything like that, he could have just said, I'm not doing it, but he went up there and just took all the questions. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he could have even, you know, said no comments or even pulled the Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here. So I don't get fined, you know, any of that right. stuff too, but he's, he faced the music and answered the question again and and gave a phenomenal response where i th- i would say any young athlete even old athlete or former athlete or whatever should take notes from how to handle a situation like that
1: right even think, athletes that are in it or in sports now right parents
0: coaches anything if if you can't get anything out of that quote i think that's on you
1: right I'd even say professional athletes a lot of, a lot can learn from some of those things but Ab- absolutely feel Don't like a fan right now <laughs> I feel yeah like um switching
0: gears here Sean we'll stay in the city of Milwaukee uh Milwaukee Brewers are in action as we speak as mentioned they did get a they did win a series over the Angels over the weekend they did lose their I believe only their second series uh early last week to the Detroit Tigers. That's but rough. that is rough, but it it's just kinda of one of those things that happens. You know, you <laughs> right. play 162 games and and you don't score first and you get behind and you try to do maybe a little too much. But they did win four straight games last week. They're still, I uh, believe by most power ranking metrics out there that have come out this week, they're still top five or six in major league baseball, which is still, I guess, probably over expectations. And again, I think one thing we had talked about um, prior to the start of the season was, is this maintain, is this a maintainable offense this season? And I think we're kind of seeing that. Yeah, it is, you know, you're getting a lot of contact, you're getting a lot of, you know, performance from different guys, whether that be the year kind of your your big three that you expected from with a, you know, Yelich, edge Adamas or some of the younger guys. I mean, really, I mean, Joey Weimer's kind of coming back around on his, you know, after a little bit of a slump after teams quote unquote kind of figure him out, he made the adjustments of, as they figured him out to work with it. Uh, Bryce Terang has continued to impress Tyrone Taylor back in the lineup tonight after missing the first 28 games of the season.
1: Who got who got sent down then?
0: Um, the one of the bullpen pitchers that they had over the weekend. Um, in his first at bat, Tyrone Taylor did just strike out, so not a great first plate off or plate appearance for the season, but still a plate appearance, and he's back. You got a lot of power there. Um, pitching has been towards the top of Major League Baseball. I didn't really realize this until today. I saw a video today on YouTube, Sean, that William Contreras, defensively speaking, I know we had talked, we know all about his offense, but defensively speaking, William Contreras is a top five catcher this year already, mm-hmm. a month in. Right. That in and of itself is incredible considering last year he was, I believe, for all major league catchers. At this time last year, he was ranked 79th well so he's like you know third string basically yeah um and forced into a dh role at this time last year because his bat was great but his offense was not or his defense was not right um so talk about you know we'd always talk about the brewers the pitching lab with you know relief pitchers and starting pitchers just getting the most out of your guys there but same thing with, with the catching position. I mean, really starting with Jonathan Lucroy, they've really found something to get the best defensive catchers to kind of year in, year out in really kind of rehabilitating guys. You know, you look at when Yasmani Grandal came in and he was an offense-only catcher that in Milwaukee the season before, he'd kind of gotten, he was almost on the edge because it almost cost the Dodgers that series against Milwaukee in the NLCS because of pass balls. You look at, you know, Omar Narvaez, who was so bad defensively that he was considered to be a DH only or uh, first like having to move to first base. Martin Maldonado, who is a World Series champion, who is more known for his glove than his bat and has remained on championship teams as a veteran presence at this point. So Brewers catching lab, Brewers pitching has been at the top of the league. Um, three games set starting tonight against Colorado. And then on the road over the weekend, I'm trying to get their schedule pulled up. Um, in San Francisco. Yeah, taking big the
1: Giants. Big Freddy on the mound tonight, right?
0: Yeah, Freddy Fastball. And then come home a week from yesterday, so Monday the 8th. Three games set against the Dodgers and then three games against Kansas City. So, all in all, another West Coast road trip, and these suck. I hate West Coast road
1: trips. Why you can't... the whole seven, seven eight o'clock at night game
0: start? Yeah. And in Colorado, they have that funky mountain time nonsense. So, like, this isn't a 740 first pitch, isn't terrible. But you get those West Coast games like, you know, when they when they go to San Francisco later this week, you're getting like 940 starts and nine o'clock starts. That's just I mean, I'll stay up. I step and watch a lot of them. But, oh, man, that's that's rough on the body, man. Oh, geez. You don't have (laughs) to get up for anything. I work in the morning and well, during all day, but (laughs) I
2: start my day at eight. Yep.
0: Anyway, um, <laughs> Green Bay Blizzard had a week off, had a bye week. They are back in action this Friday. Oh, uh, what was the, what was the hockey team we talked about last week? Milwaukee Admirals. We'll get to them in here in a little bit. Um, sorry,
1: sorry, you could have told me.
0: I yeah, I was gonna get to them, Sean. I well, let's let's forget. let's do them first. Let's do them first. We'll stay in the city of Milwaukee, Sean, just because you asked.
1: Yeah, because you were doing the city of Milwaukee. Might as well stay.
0: Well, I was just going to focus on the playoffs, but um, the Milwaukee Admirals, I believe they had won Friday, just confirming that here. They dropped game two in OT, but they did win Friday, uh, game one. So game three, I believe, will be coming up. Um, Let me get this pulled up here.
1: We don't have this already.
0: No. Why not? I don't know. You were the producer. I am, but I'm a busy person. I'm a busy person, Sean. Game three will be tomorrow, May 3rd. And then Friday, May 5th would be game four. And game five, if necessary, would be the sixth. So it looks like, what is that? Wednesday, Friday, Saturday for the Milwaukee Admirals. And I believe those are all at home. Oh, nice. So or UW it? Panther Arena. Oh, okay. UWM Panther Arena. Check out some playoff hockey down there. And hopefully get a win and a series win. Move on to the next round for the Milwaukee Admirals. Circling back to the city of Green Bay, Sean. Is it it's time? Or do you want to stop in Appleton first for the Timber Rattlers?
1: It's up to you. I don't care. Appleton's <laughs> Appleton's on the way way coming back to Green Bay.
0: That's true. We'll we'll do that. Just because I'm feeling a little something here. So uh Tim Brothers in action here tonight. They're eight and twelve on the young season for them. Currently trailing to the Peoria Chiefs, which I believe is the Cardinals affiliate <laughs> at Haye. Uh in that note or in that kind of swing of things, um, the Tim did just have Joe Gray Jr. uh called up to the double A team in Biloxi. Brought up some pitching from the single or from the low A affiliate Carolina Mudcats. So still plenty of talent in Milwaukee. Or excuse me, in Appleton. Well, plenty of talent in Milwaukee too, but uh, plenty of talent in Appleton uh, for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, the single A affiliate, high single A affiliate of your Milwaukee Brewers. There's another team down south too, but we're not going to talk about them. We're kind of past them. Boy, uh, yeah, they exist. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
1: when, when's the Shanty Monday?
0: July. July. Might so have
1: to go to that that week.
0: I very much plan on that. There's. A few different, I mean, I plan on going to quite a few games here yet, but um I know for sure Tuggers weekend is the weekend of my birthday, so keep that on your calendar.
1: It's a week after our wedding? Yeah. Urgh. Be iffy. Well, it could be your first fight as a married couple.
0: <laughs> i <I'm> not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're not. Um, I mean, you just you committed did, the
1: rest did, of your. It, it gets better, buddy. <laughs> you just committed the rest of
0: your life with somebody the weekend before. What's one weekend with the boys?
1: <laughs> Why can't she go to the other Tuggers game? She can. I'm just, I'm just,
0: I'm just saying, Sean. I just want to see she if can. I could get a reaction. She's mad at you, though. No. I'm just wanted to see if I could get a reaction. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything thrown at you on the Skype cam here. So did all you is well.
2: My dad there, Eric?
0: <laughs> I didn't, I can feel the stare Good But I did not see anything thrown at Sean So that's what I was aiming for
1: I don't have a cat by me
0: <laughs> Alright um, Grim and Buzzard Sean You already hit them we, we did not We were about to and then you stopped me
1: Okay go ahead
0: uh, Two and three on the season Back in action this Friday night hosting the Massachusetts Pirates. Uh, they, this will be a little bit of a grudge match for them as they had faced off once this season already, losing 55-41. to 41. So this will be kind of the home swing on that one. And this Friday is Kids Night. And there will be a post-game Laser Light Show for those in attendance. Nice. Uh, tickets are available through the Rush Center box office or through grimyblizzard.com slash ticketstar. When's uh, two dollar Bud night again? It's a good question. I'm not sure. Let me look at their schedule here.
1: Since you got the schedule pulled up,
0: um, I do not believe. Oh, they have one on April. Or oh, that was April, That's already passed. Um, two dollar hot dogs and soda on the thirteenth. Uh, May twentieth, Saturday, May twentieth is Bud night. Ah, uh, okay. And then also June 9th is a Bud Night. Okay. Weekend before your wedding. That's a Friday. Yep. <laughs> so, that uh, said, this Friday, um, kids are free with a paid adult ticket and a post-game laser light show. Nice. 6.05 kickoff at Freeze Field in the Rush Center at Green Bay. And again, tickets are available for that. With that, Sean, that brings us to no gamblers. The off- no, they're they're done.
1: <laughs> well, you did, we didn't talk about the gamblers last week.
0: Did they? We? They, I believe we have did. They, they, they did lose in their first round playoff series. Uh, they did lose on um, game three. Sorry, I blew up. As you should be. Um, they did have their. First year player phase one draft today, which I don't really know what that means. But they did have a draft today. Sure. Um looks like ten picks. And I don't know a single thing about any of these players, but they are new gamblers for next year. As the USHL playoffs still go on. But yes, right. the season did come to an end last weekend or last week, in a three-game set in Green Bay. Okay. I I don't remember talking about them, so I just wanted to catch them. That's all. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Did Rockers start yet?
0: Uh, They do not. I I believe they will start end of May, as they have to wait for the college baseball season to be over. Ah, okay. Because it's all college players, but let me... I believe tickets are on sale for them already as well. Don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but let me – I'll take a look at that here for you, Sean, while we're staying in city of Green Bay.
1: Well, I think that'd be fun to go to it also this year.
0: The first home game – so the season kicks off on May 29th, oh, and boy. that's in, in really? Fond du Lac. I the Fond du Lac Dock Spiders, owned by the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Uh, they'll play a home and home with Fond du Lac. So, home opener is June or May 30th at Capital One Credit Field, and that is a 6:35 first pitch on Tuesday night. They have a home game Wednesday the 31st at 6:35 against the Wisconsin Rapids River Rafters, I believe is the other team yeah. in that league. Uh, they will travel down to Rapids on Thursday before a two-game homestand Friday and Saturday night against Wausau. I do not, for the life of me, remember what their team is. Um, should... Water, spiders. They
2: are... If I could find the teams. Wausau...
0: Is the Wausau Woodchucks
1: Woodchucks?
0: Uh, I was right. Is the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters?
1: Other teams, the Rafters, you were wrong. My bad.
0: Um, Other teams in that league, you've got the Traverse City Pit Spitters, it's like two cherry spitting baseballs, (laughs) the Rockford Rivets, the Madison Mallards. The Lakeshore Chinooks. uh, The Kokomo Jackrabbits. Kenosha Kingfish. The Kalamazoo Growlers. The Fond du Lac Dock Spiders. The Green Bay Rockers. The Battle Creek Battle Jacks. That makes up your Great Lakes division. Also in the Northwoods League, you've got the Bismarck Larks. The Duluth Huskies the Eau Claire Express, the La Crosse Lagers, the Mankato Moondogs, the Minot Hot Tots, the Rochester Honkers, the St. Cloud... <laughs> the St. Cloud Rocks, R-O-X. It's like a minor. Uh, the Thunder Bay Border Cats, Border yeah. Um the Waterloo Bucks and the Wilmar Stingers.
2: That's, That's our Northwoods. I like the
1: honkers. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I have to get a shirt that says that.
0: The uh, the logo. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. The the logo is an angry looking goose. Kind of like the the sky carp um i they've gotta have good merch, right?
2: <laughs> you would think
0: I mean that's that's like uh the Bloxy shuckers have the shuck Yacht t shirts mm-hmm, yeah their hats are terrible, not a fan of the hats no to a disappointment a little bit they've got like they look very similar so they've got like a purple and teal and black color scheme. Kind of like the Diamondbacks of the early 2000s. Oh, okay. So the hats, it's got a black bill and a black back panel with a purple front panel. A The goose with a teal outline and a teal top, like the little button on top and teal like holes. Huh.
1: I don't know. I'll have to look when we're done.
0: Um, Not a lot of t-shirt options, Sean. Oh, it's disappointing. Um, really, the only one that I can see here—they've got a men's t-shirt. This is Rochester Honkers baseball with like two triangles, which doesn't make any sense to me. And then they've got a Rochester Honkers duck, duck, goose shirt. It's like two rubber ducks and then the the logo.
1: Mm-hmm, okay.
0: Very missed opportunities here for the Rochester Honkers, if you ask me. Right. But that's neither here nor there, I guess. Got lots of ideas for merch. I'm
1: sure you do.
0: <laughs> I can only I can see the wheels turning <laughs> in your dome. What do you mean? I just saying, I can see all the wheels turning. So with that, yeah. Sean, I guess that leaves the Grimman Packers to talk about. And the Groomman Packers did have the first or the their New NFL draft. Uh rookies coming in. They've also made their moves in uh, undrafted free agency. Uh, a couple other roster moves. I'm really kind of wanting to talk about one of these. So they did it they did renegotiate Darnell Savage's contract, free up some salary cap room. But Jordan most of him, contract. That's what I was gonna talk about. Oh. The uh the Jordan Love very blew up. The Jordan Love contract, um, so he got an extension as opposed to exercising the fifth-year option. They t- kind of do so without technically doing so. Um, so today was the deadline to use that fifth-year option on that draft class. Um, they did it in an extension worth up to $22.5 million, which includes thirteen point five fully guaranteed. So, with that in mind, kind of what that means and why that's significant. Had they not done the extension and exercised that fifth-year option, the guaranteed money for 2024, which would have been essentially his fifth year, um, would have been 20.75 million, and I think that would have been fully guaranteed. So, a lesser cap hit with more possible money ends up being the kind of the contract situation for him.
1: Well, that works. I'd be happy with that. So I do definitely, you know,
0: over the weekend, Brian Gudekinst had mentioned it's hard to commit to a contract with a guy you really haven't seen play and kind of having that, that deadline of today, which is, I think is always kind of dumb that they have to do the fifth year option prior to the start of the fourth year right I mean I, I guess I get it that you don't want to have the guy in limbo next off season. I mean the reality of the situation I think Jordan Love was never going to walk he wasn't going to be given an option I think if he would have played well this year or whatever the situation I think he would have been franchise tagged next year right and if it would have come down to that if they wouldn't have tagged or if they wouldn't have ex- exercised the option but I think this works out for all parties involved and so that is the Jordan Love contract. A couple other, One other piece of news uh, not involving the draft. Uh, it was announced earlier this evening that the Packers will have joint practices in Green Bay this summer with the New England Patriots. Nice. So I will be definitely making an appearance at that um, just to see Belichick in action and. At uh Rainichke Field, I think that's really cool that they can do that. And right. I know that a lot some of the players don't love it and it always gets chippy by the end of the week, but also kind of a cool opportunity for the fans that you get to see one of the greatest coaches in action without paying for a ticket.
1: Right. Um one did, other Did we ahead. ever figure out the money for Rogers and, and the Jets trade yet? Or are we not I I don't know if I missed that or
0: so, he did agree to a new contract. Um, yep, I did not that. quite catch what that ends up meaning for the Packers oh, in terms okay. of financials. I believe how it worked out with – is it's all going to be this season for a dead cap hit, and then it's off the books for next year with the extension and all the, the paperwork with that. Yep. Okay. Um. So, that's, I believe – Kind of the follow-up with it, I think very well done on both sides. sounds like Aaron was very, um, you know, worked well with the organization the night before or, you know, kind of leading up to the tr- the trade to kind of go out on good terms. Um, Gutekindst, once the trade was made last week. Already saying that Aaron will be back. Um, you know, they'll retire the number and, you know, the whole once he's a Hall of Famer, which is a given, um, he'll be in Lambeau for the uh, Ring of Honor as well. So we will see Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm sure, again, it's not how most want it to go. Um, with not the. Extension.
1: Wanted it to go. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> um, I just found it just kinda of scrolling through. So with the the contract extension prior to the trade papers going through, uh the Packers do save about fourteen million dollars in cap space and will be about forty million dollars of dead cap this season, which still a lot for a guy who's not playing for you. Um that definitely sucks in that capacity, but getting it all kind of out of the way this season and not really hampering it next season allows the organization to move on.
1: Yeah, re rebuild this year with some draft picks and everything like that and then go crazy and free agency.
0: Right. Um, which speaking of, so last week prior to the draft, uh you and I had talked about, and Shauna for that matter too, but you and I had talked about this draft really setting kind of the expectation for what the Jordan Love era is going to be. Um, you know, whether it be this year, next year, well now we know it's this year, next year. But what the front office really thought of Jordan Love, the the prospect, um, as the QB1 in Green Bay. And I think over the weekend, you know, going in out of Thursday night's round one, Packers draft uh, edge rusher from Iowa, Luke Vaness, which I know a lot of people didn't love. A lot of fans didn't love, I should say it wasn't a splash pick. There was a lot of big names that were available at the skill positions, offense and defense that they obviously chose not to go with. Um, I think in, you know, talking to Mason last week, I, I don't hate the pick there's I, obviously I was very high on Dalton Kincaid, Uh Especially after I talked with Mason last week, but he goes to Buffalo and the rich get richer on their offense. But going into Friday, I was for sure thinking, okay, you know, maybe they don't believe in Jordan Love that much. Well, that's why the fifth year option hasn't been exercised yet. Maybe this is just kind of keeping status quo for the time being. You know, what's let's see what's happening. Um Luke Vaness, to his credit, very good. Um, he did not start a game as a sophomore, but he finished a lot of games. Um, you look at what Iowa brings to the table, you know, there's a lot to, I mean, he did have the highest snap count on his team at the position defensive line, which when you're not starting tells one of two things. One, it's either that your team is blowing out a lot of opponents and your starters are only playing the first half, like an Alabama or Georgia, right. Or. Yeah, you're not starting because, you know, schools like Iowa start their fifth-year seniors and their seniors and their juniors. But if you're coming in second quarter or kind of on a rotation basis and getting more snaps in them as the game goes on, I was no slouch. Right. Um. You know, they don't blow teams out of the water, so they play a lot of close games too. And I think that speaks volumes about the talent that is Luke Vanessa. Uh, big dude who can play all over the defensive line, which I think really fits a need when you consider Rashawn Gary likely not going to be back week one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you say what you will about Kingsley and Gabari, but, you know, he's still, I mean, he's a fifth-round draft pick last year. I think he should have been higher than a fifth-round pick, but scouts and analysts did not. But So he's a fifth-round draft pick. Um,
1: who's Vanessa's pro comp?
0: I'd have to look at that again. I believe his RAS, his relative athletic score was compared a lot to Nick Bosa. I don't believe that because this is pro comp.
1: You think he's um, going to be like kind of like clay Matthews? I That's think,
0: not- I, I don't think he'll be in that role. Cause I think he'll stay to the line. Think whether so that be as an edge rusher or coming inside and, and playing like a, you know, Dean Lowry, Kind of hybrid, I think. Honestly, he's a very much like a Preston Smith type player.
1: Or is it Darius that'd be yeah. A
0: Minus the attitude. <laughs> um, I'm pulling up. I just, you know, as we're talking about it, I do want to see what his his pro comp per the NFL was, but or per, per NFL.com, which I had used the most here. But I know a lot of popular mock drafts did have the Packers taking him. Um, yep depending on who's you were looking at. So I don't think it was a miss of a pick by any means, as I'm I know for a fact, as we had talked with Justin and Ramsey in our group chat and talking to both of them uh throughout the week, neither one of them were overly thrilled by the pick. And I get it in some capacity. Like I said, it's not the splash pick that you kind of expected 13, you know, you probably could have tried it down for that. Maybe seen what you could get, you know, at 17, if that was the case. But at the end of the day, I don't think, cause everyone talks about, you know, the Packers moved up to get a guy. And I think a lot of people, it's it's that to be, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba or Dalton Kincaid or, you know, whichever piece they loved they might not have gotten at 15, but I think 13 was more of just a, you know, it was a, a means to an ends to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Right. So it really, it really had nothing to do with that, you know, moving up. Right. It was a team in position who had draft capital to make a move. So
1: I, I don't, Love. I don't hate it, but don't love it. You yeah,
0: know? that's, I think that's a good, I think, I think the way that I kind of have worded it to critics of it is that we can't change it.
1: I can stomach it. Great. Um, if he gives it, you 10, 10 years, a serviceable guy, it's 100% worth it.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, just pro comp, by the way, per Bleach Report, Kyle Vandenbush.
1: That's the guy Titans? Kyle Vandenbosch. Tennessee Titans or the Reds or the Commanders? I, I'm pretty sure. Um, My name sounds familiar. Tennessee like-
0: Titans play for the Titans, Lions, and currently serves as a post-game commentator for the Arizona Cardinals on 98-7. He played with a- the Cardinals. Oh, he played with the Cardinals from 01 to 04. Played with the Titans from 05 to
1: 09. Yeah. Lions 10-12. Like in 5 Mm-hmm.
0: Three-time pro bowler all in his tenure with the Titans. 05-07-09. He had 464 tackles, 58 sacks, 24 fumbles, 6 fumble covers, and one touchdown.
1: Great,
2: if, so if you
0: get can- that out of a guy, you know, that's that's absolutely I think that's a good comp. Right. Um unfortunately for Luke Vaness, it was his dad stealing the show on dad. draft night. Um for those of you that have not seen the clip, which if you're listening to this show and you haven't seen the clip, I really would question your sports watching. But uh we'll we'll explain it even if you haven't. Uh after the draft, you know, as most first round caliber prospects have they have you know if they're not in kansas or whatever the draft location is i was gonna say radio city um but it moves around so if they were in kansas city this year um so if you weren't at kansas city you often have like a news crew and satellite you know feed at your home or whatever so he's sitting at his home with his presumably his sisters his mom dad and girlfriend and as he gets picked, first of all, I think the first part of it that is really funny you've got the guy who comes in <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. And is a hugger and tries to give him a big old bear hug on his lap and blocks him from the TV. Yep. Cameras. Um, no idea who that guy was. So that in and of itself is just really funny. Trying to get his. 10 seconds of fame or whatever and then after that you have you have his dad and his girlfriend who is the sister of Chicago Bears tight end Cole Komet his girlfriend gives him like this gives Luke this or Lucas I should say I want to give him a proper name because uh. I don't think he's a Luke Lucas Vinesse, Um gives him this Awkward like hug and like a neck kiss to celebrate as he's on the phone, which again, depending on which hand he's holding the phone, and I whatever. I'm not gonna break that down too much. But then she hugs his dad, and his dad goes in for the butt, double taps the butt in the moment scene around the world on draft night. Right. So just a I'm sure an interesting dynamic and I'm sure, you know, kind of one of those that nothing was meant by it, but right, still really, exactly. funny. really, really funny to the rest of us who are not drafted every year. Right. Um, aside from that though, uh, so again, like I said, kind of night one, you're kind of thinking, well, maybe Jordan love isn't the guy, you know, there, there was offensive options and, Once again, as they did for the entirety of Aaron Rodgers' career, they don't get a skill player.
1: It would have just been petty if they would have took a skill player.
0: I think so too. I think it was really funny, and
1: I also think (laughs) all all the commentators were saying the same thing that other Packers are going to be petty here and take a skill player to be do this to Aaron Rodgers.
0: I do think it was funny between them not doing it, and then the Jets being in a position, you know, at the fifteenth pick. And also not doing it. Great, right. They don't need one, per se. They And they definitely need O-line help. But just the fact of you have a guy go to a new team and, once again, you no know, first-round um, skill players on offense. Right. So, that's neither here nor there. Nights 2 and Day 3 I think spell a totally different picture than... Kind of that initial thought on day one of maybe Jordan Love isn't the guy, because they did everything they could to say, hey, we're tooling up the offense, we're getting young guys, and here's what's going to happen. Three pass catchers on night two, starting with Luke Musgrave, tight end out of Oregon State. I think he might be my favorite pick in this draft, to be honest with you, Sean. Uh, talk more on that here in a second. The other second round pick, which they did trade down from 45 to 48, they trade with the Lions to get to 48 and then trade again with Tampa Bay to get to 50. They pick Jaden Reed, wide receiver out of Michigan State. And then they wrap up the second or the second night of the draft with round three, pick 78, tight end Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State, which I think is a great pick as well. Um, Really, a lot of offensive weaponry added on night two. Um, Again, Luke Musgrave might be my favorite pick at this point. Just based on on fit alone, I know a lot of of the critiques on him is he's never played a full season. I believe he's only had 17 college games under his belt to this point.
1: But... I was disappointed about was that Brian branch was still there at 45 and that safety help would have probably really been nice this year.
0: Oh, I, well, he technically did get drafted 45 as I predicted. Right. It was not to the Packers. It ended up right. being the Lions. Still alive. Um, I want to give myself a pat on the back for calling pick 45, but, Um, No, absolutely. I I do find that a little disappointing. Um, I think if there's one knock on the draft, which I'll get to when we talk about day three, is that I don't think they went defense early enough for the secondary. But Luke Musgrave, I think, is a much better athlete in kind of what you would have wanted out of Robert Tunyon. And watching his college tape, He is the prototypical Matt LaFleur offense tight end. If you watch what he did in college, it fits perfectly in scheme with what the Packers would do with that receiving tight end. When you think about the bootleg play actions, when you think about, you know, crossing routes and routes in the flat guy who can find an open spot in the zone and just kind of camp out, be a security blanket to a young quarterback. I think that's an excellent pick. Um, Again, I still probably would have preferred Dalton Kincaid. I think that was my can't-miss prospect. You know, if you ever watched the movie Draft Day, Kevin Costner... um, If you ever watched that, he's got the little green piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would have been my... uh, Chadwick Boseman.
1: Vontae Mack.
0: Yes. Thank you. I could not think of Vontae Mack, but... Von, the piece of paper says Vontae Mack no matter what. Um, that would have been my Vontae Mack no matter what, if you ask me, Dalton Kincaid. But
1: That's still a funny movie because there was a, actually a good Wisconsin quarterback.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's what's really interesting is that was the 2014 draft when Johnny Manziel got drafted to Cleveland and had all the, you know, kind of fell down the draft boards and had all the, the eyes on him. As the night went on, and and kind of like the Bo Callahan yep. slide. Granted, the Bo Callahan slide didn't last as long as the Manziel slide, but neither here nor there. Right. Um. But yeah. So looking at night two, uh, Luke Musgrave. We talked about him. Uh, Jaden Reed. I think is a very interesting fit for Green Bay. Um, made some some waves day one of being picked where he was going to wear number one and the Packers had number one on like their little social media locker room graphic. Um, Lots of people upset because that being Curly Lambeau's number, which I thought was retired, but it was not. So it's one of those kind of like not officially retired, kind of like number five with Paul Horning.
1: Is it really that big of a deal?
0: Apparently to some people it is.
1: Huh. Okay. I never realized, I never realized that was a number, but okay. I
0: you and me both, buddy. You and me both. <laughs> but rub some people the wrong way, and he ends up going to number eleven. Um but as a player, I think he's a very interesting fit. Um doesn't have true, you know, Christian Watson type breakaway speed, but is quick, has return punts for touchdowns at Michigan State. Um Kind of one of the knocks, and I think this is a really interesting knock on him, is how many of his catches are contested catches where he's catching a lot of 50-50 balls. And some of the knocks on him are that he doesn't have like that breakaway speed to to get open. But at the same time, you, know, you look at what open means in the NFL, right. and you're not – I mean you yeah. get – your window of quote-unquote being open is so much smaller. Right in the NFL versus where it would be in college anyway. It's about the hands to bring down those 50-50 balls. So I don't I don't quite think that's a knock, personally speaking. I can see, I guess, where some people would say that it
1: is, but... Did I send you that TikTok today about him?
0: Uh, you uh, did not.
1: No, I didn't. No. Sure?
0: I am 100% sure, because the only TikTok I got from you today... um was watching POV when you're watching the 29 reveal for Kevin Harvick's all-star race car.
1: Oh, okay. Then I didn't send it to you, but it was one about, uh, about him saying that he never really had a quarterback throwing to him. And so oh, that's absolutely a, he, not. He had that or he was, he was thinking he was going to be a first round pick, but never having a quarterback throw, throw to him. He was the second round pick. And that's why his teammate is entering the transfer portal now and then his quarterback enters the transfer portal. So hmm. that was just something interesting I seen this scene today. I thought I sent it to you. Maybe I didn't. Uh you did not.
0: I, I wish I would have seen that. That'd have been great.
1: <laughs> My bad boss.
0: Uh, you're forgiven. Um and then the third round or the third round pick, the only third round pick for the Packers. Uh Tucker Kraft, tight end out of South Dakota State. This is a big dude. And not the kind of Mercedes Lewis, I guess, per se. Um, He does have some size, very willing blocker. Looks the part, scored a lot of touchdowns in South Dakota State. And really, that's all I got on him. I mean, he went to a small school, not a whole lot of, of, I guess, you know, once you kind of get to the third round, you're kind of getting at, you know, the... (laughs) The draft board talk on on guys starts stops becoming why they're really really good and why they're not first round picks. It becomes that say like round three right a little bit of a reach on him, but fits in if he fits a need, I don't have a much of an issue with it. Right. Um, I think getting those two ten ends on night two was huge. I know another kind of just looping back to Musgrave and a lot of criticism on him as that he's not a great blocker. But blocking can easily be taught. You just have to kind of want to. Right. And credit to the Green Bay Packers. They do a phenomenal job in coaching blocking. You look at guys like Alan Lazard and Jake Kumro and even Christian Watson in that same kind of capacity coming to mind of guys that block really well when they don't necessarily have the body type to block or to sort of the fit to block um, and just becoming willing guys to do it and finding their mold with the team. So I don't think that'll be too much of an option with, with uh, Luke Musgrave. And then day three, this is where I think gets the most interesting to me. And I think there's a lot of, of talking points here. So uh, Packers start out run four with Colby Wooden, the defensive lineman out of Auburn. Uh, not a whole lot on him. I, I guess it Fill the need, fill it's a body in the spot to fill in some of those
1: snaps. Yeah, Dean Lowry Dean Dean Lowry replacement pretty much and or another Dean Dean Lowry replacement, I should say.
0: Right. Uh fifth round, you end up drafting a quarterback, Sean Clifford out of Penn State. A guy who's seen a lot, done a lot, um, not really splashy per se, but kind of fits your backup quarterback need. Um, I know that we kind of talked about that with Mason last week about what the expectation was going to be, whether it was going to be draft a guy and say like the fifth, sixth round, or if it was going to be, go get the veteran, um, looks like we got our answer in that capacity, getting Sean Clifford, Uh natural leader kind of fits a need of getting a new scout team quarterback too, as well. Right. Um,
1: Gisplein, that's that's a Bennett.
0: Yeah, really reached by the Rams going in the their early early parts of the fifth round or late part of the fourth round. I can't really remember when that was, but kind of started the day three run on quarterbacks. Um, I like the pick. I I don't. I guess you know I don't have a a lot to say on it. I get it, right. but um, then from there. Dontavian Wicks, receiver out of Virginia. Great value pick, if you ask me. Um by no means is he going to be number one receiver coming into camp, but a guy again, you needed body to fill out the, the receiver room and kind of does it all from that slot type position as well. So lots of versatility there. Saw some tape on him today. Should be a pretty decent fit. Uh, sixth round, their other sixth round or their first six-round pick, they go with defensive lineman Carl Brooks. Bowling Green, don't really have a whole lot on him either. The sixth-round pick uh, at 207, Anders Carlson, kicker from Auburn, closing the door on Mason Crosby's career at this point with Green Bay.
1: Um, yeah. you think he's going to retire? Or you think he's just going to be done
0: with him? I could very much foresee him being a guy that gets signed like week two, week three if he doesn't formally retire. It sounds like, from all indications, the Packers really hadn't had too many conversations with him at this point anyway Okay. about bringing him back to this point. So I guess it's not shocking by any means, but it, it does kind of officially close that book. Um, Anderson, Anders Carlson, hell of a leg on him. Uh, you do kind of worry about the accuracy and consistency, but fills a need, gives you a leg going into camp where either you're going to have a very affordable kicker, or you're going to realize that you need to go possibly resign a Mason Crosby or bring somebody in, but definitely fits that role and gets you a guy to have for OTAs and whatnot too. Um, you get into the seventh round and you get your first defensive back picked at Carrington Valentine, which might be the best name in this draft board for the Packers. <laughs> um, I, I do like the fit for him. I am, as you kind of mentioned, a bit disappointed in the team for kind of waiting till day two or day three, excuse me, and late day three to get a defensive back. Um, one rumor that did end up kind of coming out of the draft and actually not even a rumor per se because I think Brian Goodkin said it himself is that they have not closed the door on Adrian Amos making a return. So I guess if that's kind of an ongoing thing and you end up having a little bit extra cap room, maybe you end up bringing him back for one more year. I don't hate the idea of that. I'm surprised no. that he hasn't signed on at this point already. Yes, he did have a decline a little bit last year, but by no means is he a slouch either. Right. Um, fills in a lot of need. And if you, I mean, one of the kind of the key things I think that this draft really tells a story of is that the Packers didn't have a lot of first round safety or high safety and ta- high end safety talent. I think that was a criticism of this draft class as a whole. Was once you got past the first kid from Illinois um, who ended up going top 10, you really didn't have another DB in the first round. You don't really have one until Sidney Brown gets taken day two. No, you got other- Christian Gonzalez of. Oh, that's right. The <laughs> corner out of Oregon. I forgot about him. So, but you still only have two DBs round one. You don't have one until the late part of the second round. So I think that speaks volumes of where they, you know, where scouts had the position. Yes, it was a need, but at the same time, there wasn't really value there. And I think that really kind of echoes the point of what Mason had talked about with the receiver position too last week of, you know, if Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best receiving talent, and he doesn't get picked picked till the twenties. I think that speaks volumes about where that, that position group was as well. It was a very deep class. But I think NFL.com had the highest-rated receivers, Jalen Hyatt, and he didn't go until late round two as well. Yep. And none of the the receivers, yes, there were, what, three taken, four taken the first round, but they didn't have first-round grades. So you're not going to overspend or overpick on a guy to fill a need when you have a need that you can fill like a Lucas finesse um, also running out the seventh round. You had a running back out of central Michigan, Lou Nichols, and then uh, safety, Anthony Johnson jr. Out of Iowa. And the last pick grant Deboe from Charlotte college.
2: So, yeah.
1: so all in all, I thought it was fairly good draft.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of the analysts out there give the Packers a B plus, which I think is more than fair. Um a lot of picks that you like don't love. Right, a few that that's, you do that's, love. That's,
1: that's, that's Packer football. I,
0: a lot of picks that you or you know, a few picks that you do love. I really do like the the Luke Vanette or the um Luke Musgrave pick. Um I think the Carrington Valentine pick ends up being a great value because I th- I, honestly, I think for all of day three, he was Mel Kuyper's best available player and didn't end up going until round seven. So you get some value there. Um, it's a pretty solid pick. I'm intrigued by Anders Carlson, just bringing in a kicker for really, you know, the first starting kicker, first new starting kicker, since 2006, I think. 2007 was the Mason Crosby starting.
1: Which is and, insane.
0: Well, you know what? I think with the Aaron Rodgers trade, because technically Mason Crosby is already off the roster, the Aaron Rodgers trade, there's officially no players on this roster that run Super Bowl 45 roster anymore. Right. Which also, at this point, was 12 years ago, but still kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, you really kind of stop and reflect on how yeah, it, 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 fast it, the NFL moves.
1: Did you see the the thing where the Packers are going to win in twenty twenty five though? Because that it, it's
0: it, true. The cycle would indicate so. That so you now, draft now, now, a guy
1: putting put put money on the Packers to win the Super Bowl.
0: No, this year would be so if it goes oh. based on on how it would go. Year one as a starter, you're slightly above five hundred or hovering around five hundred. Right, year two, you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Year three would be the Super Bowl. So that's the 2024-25 season.
1: Yep. They're putting money on the Packers that year. I like it. I like it a lot. So,
0: yeah, I, it, it was a very solid draft. Um, Again, by no means is it a slam dunk. I mean, I think there were some better draft classes per team out there.
1: Houston Texans. That was Houston that had was, a
0: great draft. Seattle had a very good draft. Philadelphia had a very good draft.
1: Houston's first really good draft though.
0: Houston's first round alone with yeah. getting CJ Stroud and Will Anderson the probably the best-rated quarterback of the draft and the best defensive player of the draft back-to-back back, when Arizona wanted nothing to do with that third pick in the draft. Great. Right. Didn't make any sense. Was phenom- nothing short of phenomenal. Right. So I I give my hats off to Houston. I for sure thought Tennessee was moving up to that three spot to grab a quarterback. Or um,
1: well no, Indy was four. That's right.
0: Well, I thought Indy might have jumped whoever at three as well because I think they were kind of getting nervous that somebody was going to trade in. Say uh say Tennessee or whoever. Uh, Indy gets Buster. their guy at Right. Indy gets their guy at four, uh in the kid out of Florida. Anthony Richardson. And then Will Levis. Oh, I feel bad. I, I feel bad for the guy. I don't because he's a you know, he's still just is going to get a million, couple million dollars, but sits in the in the draft room all night in the green room, watches everybody around him get drafted, ends up not going back to Kansas City night two, gets drafted as the second pick.
1: Right, it it happens. I mean, nothing you can really do about it.
0: Right, it's it gives a lot of uh, reminders to Deshaun Kaiser. I think he was the last guy. That didn't end up getting drafted night one. Yeah. You think of um, Geno, Aaron Rodgers, but I, oh god, what the hell's the guy's name? Um. Oh, Lamar Jackson, who ends yep. up being like the last pick of the first round, and signs that massive contract extension late last week, which no one, I, I, myself included, I did not expect him to sign that deal. No. I did not expect a deal to get done with him. I thought for sure he was going to sign an offer sheet somewhere else. But ends up staying in Baltimore. They bring in OBJ, and they also draft a receiver in the first round. So getting him his help that he believes that he needed. Cool. So, yeah, just a, a very interesting week in the NFL. All in all, was very... Very well. Um really, I can't really think of too many. Like there wasn't really a true like first round stretch. Um, I think the closest I would probably say would be the Lions with the Jameer Gibbs pick.
1: Yeah. That would be one. And then Philadelphia just fleecing them to get DeAndre Swift. Right. For a yeah, what a sixth round pick and a seventh round pick? I think it was a fourth and a sixth. Was it a fourth and a sixth?
0: I believe so, if I'm not mistaken.
1: But yeah. That I just didn't understand. I mean that whatever. Credit they, to the Lions. They don't have Williams anymore, right? No, he is with the I want to with the Saints now. Yep, yep, the Saints. Yep so I don't know I guess we'll see
0: indeed we shall so that is the Packers breakdown on the night and again just kind of now we wait for the Jordan Love air to officially begin OTAs I believe are in a couple weeks or mini camp, I believe, would be next. We'll have rookie camp first, mini camp in June. I think we had OTAs a couple weeks ago, um, and yeah, here we sit.
1: Here we sit till September.
0: Pretty much, very excited. Uh, we'll have the ro- the schedule reveal um, in a couple weeks. Actually, I believe in two weeks. I think they were are targeting. We gonna get...
1: What are we going to get? The Jets, Packers get. Packers versus Jets?
0: No, we I think they have the opponents already, it's just the the scheduling has to be done.
1: Oh you're telling me they can't switch any games?
0: Yeah. It's 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 done based on results and whatnot.
1: They can switch games. Don't I don't think so. Well then Rogers is playing two years. <laughs> He'd have to play three. Bye.
0: Well, depending on how standings would go, Packers would not play the AFC East until um, twenty. Because they just play the, the
1: They still get the random games. Those are all
0: based on standings, though.
1: So, just saying. You're seeing. You're seeing the NFL is not rigged, and you can't have Packers against Jets. I'm saying that based on
0: how the NFL does their scheduling.
1: They don't have random games. They had Brady against the Patriots the first year, so...
2: Right, because of the rotation.
1: Whatever. It's fit. Sure. Or he's going to (laughs) Minnesota next year. One of the two.
0: That would be on brand for the the rotational and the time is a constant circle. That would be on brand. So. So... Yeah. All in all, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And again, we, you know, we wait for training camp or for rookie camp and mini camp. And then training camp starts end of July. Only a couple months away from football being back into the, the main stay here in Green Bay. Yep. yep. All right, Sean. So with that in mind and kind of wrapping up our draft talk, we do have our bar of the week. Do you have one you wanna spotlight here or do I have to find one?
1: I got nothing for you, boss.
0: Alright, I will try to find one.
1: Um Yeah, I got nothing. You are so much help. That's what I'm here for. You're the producer. Huh? Can we do a dairy barn? even though it's not a bar.
0: Sure. What the hell? I'll (laughs) make an exception because I didn't really feel like searching too much more anyway. I figured that. So Dairy Barn and Lena. Lots of help. Dairy Barn and Lena, 414 East Main Street, Lena, Wisconsin. It's technically a fast food restaurant, even though it's not by technical, typical definition. Um, First and foremost, before I get to the actual reviews, incredible food, incredible people, Incredible ice cream. No, no uh, orders this year. Hmm. No orders this year. Is it's it? yep. Really? Why well, reserve my comment then. I have to go back. <laughs> I will have to go back this weekend because I am. I am free this weekend.
1: <laughs> but oh, you're just, gonna go there without taking Shauna.
0: As long as she doesn't listen to the episode, maybe. I'm gonna tell her. No. <laughs> That'd be rude. Okay, Carolyn could tell her that. <laughs> also, um, okay. Just kind of ice some cream. of the reviews. Great, Great food. food good prices. Cream. Staff is always friendly. They do have a drive through option, which I think is awesome. It's yep. probably like the lowest maintenance drive through I think you just open your order at the window. You don't have like a true speaker phone type setup you just order at the window but
1: order at uh, the window then pull up pull up in the in a parking lot and that's it they'll come out when the food's ready
0: yeah all. i mean i can't say enough about the food it's it's always been incredible um even if you know with there being new owners i'm
1: sure it's good yep it is been there four times four times in two or three weeks here since they've opened
0: oh man you lucky son of a gun
1: uh, that's what you get for living in green bay
0: yeah it is what it is a good friend would bring it but
1: whatever yeah and i'm not a good friend
0: <laughs> right all right and then just kind of wrapping up here sean we focus on what we are rooting for in the upcoming week and i'll let you lead this off first
1: i'm rooting for my fiance to have a great time on her bachelorette party this weekend That sounds very nice. And not get too hammered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can
0: make no promises as Shauna has spent the evening making over 100 pudding shots. And on Thursday night, she will be making 160 jello shots. So they are going to have
1: your liver, honey.
0: (laughs) They are going to have a phenomenal weekend.
1: Yeah wide
0: trolley. Right. Cannot forget about that either. Um my route for that's a good one. Um I'm going to go to the World of Sports just because I like, you know, like having fun here. Um I'm going to stick with the World of Sports and again just a fun baseball weekend coming up here. Uh Brewers in action on the road again a, a West Coast road trip but is what it is. So just, you know, as always, I always say, you know, there's always something going on. Um, Green Bay Blizzard are at home Friday night. The Milwaukee Admirals, if you're down south, are having home playoff games. Check those out. Dirt Track Racing getting underway within the next couple of weeks here.
1: So, yep, Shano's supposed to open this weekend. Shano and Seymour. There you
0: go. Always a great time at the Dirt Track. Um just get out and enjoy Wisconsin. It should be, I mean, I think it's supposed to rain a little bit this weekend, but get out and enjoy some weather. Um, if it is all nice. This,
1: all this snow covers everything. That or too. Everything over, so um, we'll see on that. But just, you know,
0: again, there's something for everybody here in Wisconsin. Get out, go go golfing, go for a hike, go for a walk. If you're a turkey hunter, if you're like you're my uh, opening weekend of trout season this weekend, inland trout season so get out go do something in nature have some fun enjoy some sports with that episode 113 is the books for sean shauna ramsey justin horn here i'm eric fisher host and producer of the root for wisconsin show we're out see ya
1: bye